on the line in the next segment of the show talking with us about tarpon baseball heading into the new year it's crazy to think in about a month and a half or so we're already going to be jamboreeing and scrimmaging and doing all sorts of stuff to get ourselves ready for the upcoming baseball season which is right around the corner and then at 12 15 we got trouble lurking damien st pierre has been located we're gonna have damien on to talk about some south of Bitty. they're approaching their all-star season but we also got a big old middle school tournament over at raceland that we want to talk about uh, what time uh 12 15 uh i think trucks at 12 10 we got to end Fair enough. Um, yeah, we'll have Damien on at 12.15. We'll ask him about the New Orleans Saints. I know he's got some thoughts and some opinions and um, maybe a little bit of Pelicans. The Pelicans are playing good, but they play the Clippers tonight. Let's see how good they actually are. You like my new Clippers hat? Yeah, I noticed that when you walked in. Got some swag, man. Um, let's open up today's show the way that we always open up the show. That's what you call that? <laughs> well, going through the scoreboard of games around the area, man, they got the Sugar Bowl tournament going on at um, the Alario Center, and there's a lot of big fish that are swimming out there on the girls' basketball side of things. We'll get to you some scores from that uh, in just a second. But locally first on the girls' side, it was light, man. There are not a whole lot of games yesterday on our girls. Berwick was supposed to play Pine Prairie. That game got canceled. Um Homa Christian School. Boy, you got to tip your cap to Homa Christian School. A lot of roster turnover. New coach. Coach Jamar Celestine comes in. And they haven't played a whole lot, right? They really haven't. They've only played four games. But they've won three of the four, including a 42-37 to road win at Ben Franklin yesterday. So Homa Christian School improves to 3-1. and one. Now, they're going to play St. Charles Catholic tonight at home. So it is an opportunity for them on a back-to-back to maybe try to get their fourth win of the season, but good on home of Christian school taking care of business and getting a win against Benjamin Franklin. Now, there were no other local games, but I do want to shout out some of the games that are happening over at the Sugar Bowl because that is annually one of the top tournaments in the state of Louisiana. We had John Curtis Christian School get a 65-29 to win over Acadiana. You and I saw John Curtis, man. They're ridiculous. They've got players all over the place. Little guard, I forget her name, and she's just incredible, making plays all over the floor. Uh, they get a big win over Acadiana. Mandeville defeats Oakdale over at the Sugar Bowl Classic, fifty-four to twenty-nine. Mount Cornwall gets a forty-two to twenty-nine win over De La Salle over at the Sugar Bowl Classic. North Shore falls to St. Thomas Moore, forty-nine to forty-two. How about this one? Ponchatoula faces an out-of-state opponent. We don't have the name of the school. But the out-of-state school must be really good because they beat Pontatula 71-49. Decisive victory there. Zachary gets a 71-48 win over Edna Carr over at the Sugar Bowl Classic. I don't think this score is right. But then again, giving the team that was winning the game, maybe it is. On the LHSA website, they have Lafayette Christian beating Madison Prep 54-0. I don't think that that's correct. Nope. No, what was the score for that one? Oh, nope, my bad. I was looking at Lafayette. Do we have a Lafayette Christian in Madison prep score? Let's see. Girls? Yes, sir. It had been over at the Sugar Bowl. LHSA no. website has 54 to nothing. Ain't no way that's right. But uh, I would not be surprised had Lafayette Christian won the game. Certainly, they're one of the best teams in the state of Louisiana. I just something tells me that score is not correct. A meet yesterday at the Sugar Bowl got a 63-41 to win over Church Point. Good win for them. So 
Uh, teams playing all at one more. Wasman gets a 70 to 29 win over Midland. Got one for you. I don't know if you did. Parish Community out of Florida beat Ellender 53 to 32. They're, okay, so that good. That one's not reported. Give me that Vanderbilt one. I see Vanderbilt there. They're not reported as well. Did they win yesterday? Yeah, they won 50 to 39 over uh, Madison Central. Okay, Mississippi. wonderful. Wonderful. Okay, so we know that Ellender. Uh, takes the L, but Vanderbilt gets the win all at the Sugar Bowl. All-State Sugar Bowl National Prep Classic. It's called National for a reason because they literally have teams from all over the country that go and play. And we'll see. Hopefully that the Vanderbilt team can make a push. Hopefully we got some uh, some of the other local teams that go out there and make a push. Now, on the boys' side of things, the schedule was a little bit more active. We had Vanderbilt Catholic yesterday getting a 52-48 to win over Bonneville. Um, that is a winner's bracket game and a huge win yesterday for the Vanderbilt Terriers over the Bonneville Bruins, taking care of business, pushing forward in that tournament. That's over at St. Charles. Great win for the Terriers yesterday uh, over a very good Bonneville opponent. Yesterday, Ellender goes on the road, and they're playing at the Wachita Parish Tournament out in Monroe they get a 62. There must have been some problems with the LHSA website because a lot of these scores that are reported, coaches have texted me after the fact and been like, yo, bro, that wasn't what the score was. And I told you just a second ago that there was a score that was reported like 40-something to nothing. Well, here, Ellender beats General Trask. The LHSAA says 62-51. to 51. Coach Cornell Scott has since texted me and told me the score of that game was actually 62-31. to 31. So Ellender gets a 30-plus point win over General Trask over in Monroe at the Wachita Parish Tournament. So great win for the Patriots taking care of business and getting a, a, a tournament victory over a very worthwhile opponent. Beauchamp gets a win over the Westgate Tournament over Patterson, 47-45, to 45, assuming that that score is, is um, logged in there correctly. Again, we've had some issues with the LHSA site in the last 24 hours. Ben Franklin gets a 62-40 to 40 win over Homa Christian School. So Ben Franklin takes care of business there. Let's see. South Lafouche playing at the St. Charles Tournament gets a 64-52 to 52 win over New Orleans Charter Science and Math School. I have been asked probably a dozen times in the last 24 hours. Casey, who in the hell is New Orleans Charter Science and Math School? That is the old Psy Academy for those who are not familiar uh, but South Lafouche takes care of business, moves forward in the consolation bracket, and they get a 12-point win, their fourth win of the season. Now they will be taking on North Lake Christian um, in, in today's action over at St. Charles. Donaldsonville, they're really strong, but, boy, they got humbled yesterday over at the Westgate Tournament. Iowa puts it on them strong, 73-45. to Big win for Iowa over a good Donaldsonville team who's had a good start to the year in our local 3A district. We told you about Patterson and Beauchamp. See, again, this is this is some of the bug with the LHSA website. It says on one score that Beauchamp beat Patterson 47-45, to 45, but then it says on the Patterson side of the score that Beauchamp beat him 40-25. to 25. So, folks, a lot of these scores may not be accurate. There's something wrong with the LHSA website today. Um, no, nothing's wrong with them. <laughs> <laughs> So just bear with us here. We do know that St. Charles Catholic got a win at their home tournament over St. James. That one appeared to be 63-36. to Both teams have the score reported the same there, so St. Charles gets a win there. 
As we said, Ben Franklin, 62, Homer Christian, 40. Let's go find North Lake Christian. They beat Maurepaw, 63-39, to 39, so a good win for North Lake Christian. That will be the South Lafouche opponent today over at St. Charles. Yeah, I look direct. They're about 6-10 and 10 or so, something like that. Be a good opportunity for the Tarpons to get some power points if they could get a win. But you guys, when you were still there, faced the North Lake Christian team that was not 6-10. and 10. No. Was, so they have taken a little bit of a step back. Um you had a chance to watch the a little bit of the Tarpons yesterday. I did not. Um, I was just kind of following some scores, had some friends text me some updates. Looked like the Tarpons started off a little slow, but then took a big old halftime lead, like a 17, 18 point halftime lead. And then Psy Academy or New Orleans Math, whatever the hell you want to call them, kind of chipped away a little bit and made it a little bit interesting. And then the Tarpons just held on late. Um, get your fourth win. Starting to play some better basketball. Um, you get your second win in three games. Good opportunity today against North Lake Christian. It's a young Tarpon team it's trying to find their way. And they've got a big one today, man. Look, if you, if you win today against North Lake Christian, you're going to be in the championship game of that consolation bracket for a young group with a chance to maybe earn yourself a trophy. That would be a big uh, accomplishment. Big game today for them against North Lake Christian. Yeah, I, watch, I, I try to watch some of it. Uh, yesterday afternoon, and um, they had to overcome some adversity. They went up by, I think it might have been close to 20, and uh, they, um, I must say, saw Academy, but uh, they cut into the lead, got it to single digits. But uh, when you, you go to these tournaments, um, overcoming some adversity, for a young team, it was a, a, a good job by those young men because, uh, the, how can I say this? Officiating's different. Uh, officiating's terrible, you okay. can say it. <laughs> and uh, it's tough. I mean, the, the other team uh, started coming back, and uh, the game was changed the way it was been called. Yes. And allowed the team to get in closer. Psy Academy missed a bunch of free throws that helped the Tarpons cause, but it, it, it's frustrating, you know, when you uh, you have a young team, you're trying to learn things and trying to gel and play. Uh, when you, you got to overcome other obstacles that, and I'm not saying these <laughs> officials were cheating. That that's no far. It, well, it, it's just a different game that was called. Well, let me ask like, you this, and and this could could be along the lines of why it could have been a struggle. And again, I I didn't see it, but I, I I've been to the St. Charles tournament. Were there three or was it two? Three. Okay. Well, that's that's an improvement because sometimes you go there and you only get two. And probably add them up. It's probably one. <laughs> it, it it's a more physical style that doesn't necessarily. Yeah, it's called it's called different. It's called much differently. And good on the Tarpons for adjusting to that on the fly and finding a way to get a win. Look, it says a lot when you have a young team that can adjust to it on uh, at that tournament. It's a good job. De La Salle yesterday. I didn't see this score posted, and uh, man, I hope this is right because it's posted on the De La Salle side of the site, but it's not posted on the Ed White side of the site. Uh, it says here the De La Salle beat Ed White sixty-nine to twenty-four. Is that correct? 
Uh, I got 69-49. See, all these scores on the LHSA website, take them with a grain of salt. By and large, we've been getting the winners right. But, yeah, we do know that De La Salle got a win over E.D. White yesterday. Now, how about you do this? I trust your website more than mine. You're you're on, what is it, Preps NOLA or something like that? Uh, Crescent City. Crescent City. Okay, so I, I could read them here. We got, uh, let's see, let's go to the, the St. Charles Tournament, if you could find a list of those games. Where do we begin? Uh, all right, there we go. De La Salle, 69, E.D. White, 49. Lutcher gets a win. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Lutcher gets a 67 to 32 win over Ascension Christian. North Lake Christian gets a 63 to 30 win over Mora Paul. South Lafouche gets a 64 to 51 win over New Orleans Science and Math. St. Charles, 63. St. James, 36. St. Martin's gets a fifth. That's a little surprising. St. Martin's gets a 52 to 32 win over Riverside. Wow, that's a decisive win. Vanderbilt gets a 48 to 44 win over Bonneville, and the Willow School beats South Plaquemine 47 to 43. We trust those scores more than what we have logged on the LHSA side because just about all of the they, there's something going on there with their side, and just about all of their scores that are posted, we have the winners right, but the scores are are a little bit off. So kudos to the Tarpons for getting a win. Hopefully, Ed White could bounce back. Kudos to Vanderbilt for getting a big win, and like I just said a minute ago, also kudos to Ellen. They're going out to Monroe playing at the Wachita Parish Tournament and getting a 30-plus point win against General Trask. That's a good one for the Patriots. So let's catch a break. When we get back out of the break, it's time to talk a little baseball. We'll have Coach Chandler Guitros on the line. It's play-by-play, and it's time for Chandler's regular Friday interview right here on KLEB. It's Mardi Gras time, and Joe Septic Contractors would like to let everyone know that there is still time to call in your orders for portable toilets and hand wash stations. You can order two, three, six, ten, and eighteen stall restroom trailers from everyone at Joe Septic Contractors. Have a happy and safe Mardi Gras. Call 985-632-5592 or visit joeseptic.com. Water safety tips from Riley John's Blue Boot Foundation. One, always designate a water watcher when children are in and around water. Two, wear your life jacket when on a boat or near open water. Three, remove toys from swimming pools when not in use. Four, empty all blow-up pools and buckets of water when not in use, as children can drown in as little as two inches of water. Five, check the water first if a child goes missing. Six, stay off and away from the rock jetties. And number seven, swimming lessons can reduce drownings by 88%. Learn to swim. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons!
Welcome back to Play by Play. It's Friday and it's a little bit north of 11:45, which means it's time to talk some baseball. We got South Bush baseball coach coach Chandler Gitros on the line. Chandler, happy late New Year, brother. How are we doing today? Doing great. Happy New Year to you and everyone else at the Coastal Broadcasting family. Thank y'all for all y'all done for us in 2023, and we're looking forward to a great 2024 with you guys. Absolutely, brother. You guys are going to be um, gearing up here. I know we talk about it every Friday. Every Friday, we're one Friday closer. You guys are kind of putting some finishing touches on the off-season program and strengthening up those arms and getting those kids bigger, faster, stronger. We're right up against it now, bro. You flash forward a month, and we get to early February. You guys are going to be kicking chicken, getting ready for the new year. It's getting close for y'all, man. Yeah, it is, man. It's uh, it's uh, really feeling like baseball season. Uh, can't do much of the field right now with the way the weather's been as far as work-wise, but I'm actually out here on the road uh, visiting businesses in the local community, talking about advertising and sponsorship opportunities with our program, and everybody's uh, everybody seems excited and, uh, you know, uh, really excited to support our program again this year so uh yeah man we're ramping up we're uh, we're getting close here a couple of days from uh starting our evaluation period and doing a little bit more and uh getting ready for that january 22nd official uh start date with practice january 22nd so about two and a half weeks to go um how many guys do you have in the program that right now are baseball guys like what i mean by that is you know football's over they're not playing basketball when you guys open on january 22 how many starters are, are projected starters are you going to be missing? Uh, actually, uh, you know, we have some guys in basketball that will be fighting for playing time, but pretty much the, you know, the regular guys that we're looking at as our top nine to 12 guys will be there. So uh, wow. a, little, a little different than in the past couple of years, you know, where, uh, you know, we had Jacob Curell coming straight from a, a playoff basketball game to come play with us on a Saturday in a tournament. So it's going to be different. We should uh, be able to start opening day with our entire or pretty much the entire crew there so it's uh you know we want to play in multiple sports uh as coach Kyle knows that all uh, that comes in cycles you know different different groups of kids are involved in different things so with this cycle uh it's a lot more uh football slash baseball kids than basketball or soccer slash baseball kids no for sure man and look to talk about the advantage that presents to you guys it was look i mean if Curol had not been a basketball player, you know, maybe wouldn't have taken some nicks and bruises, maybe could have got on the mound a little sooner, whatever. I mean, there, there's so many different challenges that go to that, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is the continuity side of it, man, to have your crew together on that first day and to be building for just about a month before opening day on February 19th with that core group, that's got to be a big advantage for you guys, man. It is, and I think for uh, the kids, it, it opens up really true fair competition. A lot of times those guys, and, and you know, they always have the opportunities, but uh, when a guy gets a month head start on you, it, it's a lot more difficult to make that climb. So this year it's going to be pretty much right into open competition, and, uh, you know, we'll be able to fairly evaluate everyone on equal footing and, uh, you know, build that continuity. We have a tight group, and we really had a tight group last year too, man. That was a fun team to coach last year. And uh, this one is the same way, just seeing how they interact with each other all off season, uh, really building that uh, that continuity. Especially once we got our football guys back together, uh, it's a lot of guys that hang out off the field. Uh, whether it's uh, you know you might see them going to Thailand, play a little golf or whatever, or just just guys you see around town all hanging out. It's a tight group, and uh, we're excited to build that continuity. I, I believe that goes a long way, man. If you uh, if you're friends with the guys you're on the field with, and you really fight and pull into each other, being unselfish. I think that uh, helps build your team, and it, it can lead to wins. So uh, definitely excited to have the majority of our guys there from jump. 
High school baseball is so much different now than it was when we were in school. Um, in back, back in the day, they had some pitch count restrictions, but it wasn't nearly what it was back in the day. And you'd have guys that would throw two, three times in a week. And like, you know, it, it was a completely different world. Now, with the way that the system is set up and, and the way that you guys set up your schedules, like I'm looking at a stretch here where you guys on March the 19th are going to play a district game with South Terrebonne. On the 21st, we'll play Lutcher. On the 22nd, we'll play Eric. On the 23rd, we'll play Bourgeois. On the 25th, you'll play Central Catholic. On the 26th, you'll play Assumption. On the 28th, you'll play Homo Christian. Like, you guys in a week will play like six or seven games. How important is it to have not just elite front-level arms with bro pitching depth is more important now than ever before because you're going to play a lot of games without your top guys being available to throw, so you better have a bunch of guys if you want to succeed this season. That's just the the nature of the beast today in high school baseball. Yeah, that, that's a key, man. I, I truly believe that. You, uh, you're right. I remember uh, whenever we played uh, you know, around our age group, Taylor Guidry pitched up. Uh, it seemed like every other game that we played in, and uh, going seven innings every game, whereas now we have the pitch restrictions. <laughs> And you uh, you got to spread it out, and you got to have that depth. And I think that was a real strength of our team last year. And I, I honestly think that's kind of what hurt us in those 21-22 seasons. They couldn't get us maybe over the hump to get to Sulphur and, and be playing for that state title. Was we didn't quite have the depth that we had last year. So we've been a lot uh, more conscious of that um, these last couple of years. I think last year, man, we had six, seven guys that I had no problem in any situation throwing on the mound. Uh, you know, kind of behind our front line guys. You look at guys like Cooper Worley, Max Vedros, uh, you know, guys that we throw in in big spots and th that we trusted to get outs for. So it's about uh, continuing to build that depth. Uh, I really think that the way that Coach Buck uh, kind of revamped our offseason throwing program, we have a lot more guys kind of on that level playing field, the way that we evaluate in the bullpen, the way that we compete uh, through every bullpen, everything scored, everything's graded. It's uh, very well organized. Coach Buck does a good job. And uh, that leads to building depth. You know, those guys are competing against each other every day for innings, and uh, that that's really the key. The teams that make it uh, to the end are guys that, uh, you know, can roll guys out there one after another and get out. So that's uh, obviously what we're looking to build here at South LaFouche. So to piggyback off of that, um, you know, I just mentioned that stretch where you got like seven games in ten days or whatever. How important is it that – um, you know, you be not just consistent on the mound, but consistent everywhere. And what I mean by that is if a guy gets in a slump or, you know, is struggling in the field or there's not a whole lot of practice time during those stretches where you guys could kind of fix some things. You guys got to work through some stuff in the middle of games. So, man, I, you guys, what I'm getting at is whenever you do have that practice time on the rare occasion, you better make sure you're taking full advantage of the work because, when you got a game every single day, it's kind of a different deal, man. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the science. Of, and there's not an exact science, or uh, you know, they have books written about it. But uh, you know, between playing those seven games in ten days, it's not just about uh, getting that working when you're at practice, but also are you able to rest your guys? A sure. Bit? Are you able to mix and match the the rest with the reps? And it's it's really uh, you got to be on your game and uh, and be listening to your kids' arms and. Uh, reading body language, man. I remember that stretch uh, a couple of years ago. If y'all remember that 2022 season where we uh, beat Vanderbilt, South Terrebonne, and Bell Chase in five games all back-to-back-to-back. -back -back. We go play Northern Lake Christian, a team that I thought that we were a lot better than, and it was a dogfight to the end. Our guys were just tired. So 
uh, we're trying to get better at that and just, uh, you know, there's no exact science to it. Every year, every group's going to be different. But you need to be able to evaluate your kids on the fly and really have a pulse on what's needed. Is, is rest more needed or are reps more needed? Or can you grind through some reps? Or what's that exact sweet spot that you're getting the work in but you're not just killing your kids? And especially arm-wise, man, if, if you got to give a guy a day or two off of practice from not throwing a baseball, you, you better be able to do it. So um, I, I think the main key is being able to read your kids' body language and making sure you have a good enough relationship with them that – uh, if they they have that trust that they could tell you, Coach, I need a day off from throwing, and that you're not going to think that they are being weak or, uh, you know, trying to skip reps, that you, you're trying to do the right things for your kids. So uh, I kind of think that all plays into it, and there's no exact science to it. It's uh, every kid's different, and you got to have those relationships with them. Coach, give us an update on uh, your facilities. Yeah, right now we're, uh, we're working. Uh, you know, we want to get that uh, batting cage covered. We're not there financially yet. Uh, we need to lift our net up a little bit. Uh, we had some uh, some wind damage on one of the brackets, so we're trying to lift that up. Uh, we actually were able to get work in from uh, Grand Isle Shipyard. They came uh, help us out, and they put our batting frames back up to our batting cages. That all we got to do is hang the nets when we get back for our work days in January. We'll be able to hang our nets and actually be back to a full four-cage batting facility. I think that's huge. Um, Field-wise, you know, we have uh, a guy coming in. Uh, was supposed to start. He kind of got hung up, but he's going to be coming in and doing a lot of work with our infield dirt, tilling it for us, and getting the, uh, that playing surface ready. Uh, Grass-wise, it's coming in okay, slowly but surely. We just had to spray. Uh, you know, this year with that drought that we were uh, kind of in, it was very hard, uh, you know, planning-wise and uh, getting it right without rain and uh, seeing what actually needed to be killed because nothing was coming up. Uh, so we're kind of working through that right now. Coach Buck and I actually went last week 2-4 deeded again, and we're going to go ahead and put some more ryegrass out. And uh, it's just been a little tough with us without having a sprinkler system uh, at our field and with the lack of rain we've gotten. We've kind of uh, just been praying for as much rain as we can. But uh, I think come that opening night, I think it'll be looking sharp. Coach, is there any – I'm trying to think of the right way to say this. Pressure is probably not the right word, but – is there any urgency? Because you guys learned this the hard way last year. You could win 17, 18 games in Division One non-select and not even be near the playoffs. Like It feels like because of how competitive and how difficult your bracket is, every single inning and pitch and every, like everything means so much more. There's got to be, I would imagine, uh, you know, one of the points of emphasis this year is on that urgency of, hey, February 19th when we're playing North Lake Christian, we better be ready to go and play at a high level because you just can't afford to start off slow with the way that the bracket sets up. No, and look, uh, I know we had talked about it before, but uh, going back to last year, we had a game against a St. Edmunds team that we were better than, and uh, you know we blew a 5-1 to one lead in the seventh inning, and getting back in the car, that was only our second loss of the year. We were 8-2, and two, but I looked at Coach Asson and uh, said, look, that might, might have been the one that cost us a playoff spot later on, and it had a long way to go in it. You know, that was a 10-11 win team that we let walk us off in the seventh inning, and that kills you PowerPoint-wise. And in our bracket, man, you just can't afford to lose it. Uh, you, you can't blow leads, games that you're in a position to win, you have to finish. And, uh, you know, that's a big reason we scheduled the 34 games. I think we got to get the 20-21-22 win somewhere in that range to, to be there. Uh, we got some good PowerPoint games, uh, and we, uh, we kind of revamped got out of uh, – a Thibodeau tournament went to a Lutcher tournament. Uh, just trying to revamp and find that sweet spot. But uh, but no, you're right. You got to come out the gates hot, and you can't go through those four or five uh, you know game slumps where you're not getting any wins. It's uh 
it, it's tough, man. In, in this bracket, I'd say uh, over any other sport, man, just the the competitiveness in Division One baseball with only 24 spots for so many solid teams, man. It's uh it's amazing. Just you you look back at last year, teams like us, Central Lafourche and Terrible, and that that's all playoff teams, man. And uh, didn't even get a shot, didn't sniff it. So uh, you got to be on your uh, on your A game from jumping. You got to be looking toward that 20 win mark as a a benchmark that you got to at least get there to even have a shot. So let me ask you this, man, because I, I've spoken to a lot of baseball coaches, yourself included. No one likes the fact that only 24 teams are in the playoffs. So which is the reason what I'm bringing this up is. Why the heck are we doing it if no one likes it? Have you, have you guys heard any guidance in terms of in January? Is there a possibility that you guys can maybe stretch it back out to 28, or is that not something that's currently on the table? Look, we haven't heard uh, much on that. And, uh, and look, to be honest with you, uh, the, the teams that might have a little bit more stroke at the state level, and I don't want to get in any trouble saying this, but your barbs of the world, they don't care how many teams are getting in. You know, they, they, they win in 30 games no matter what. So uh, teams like that aren't worried about it and aren't speaking up on it. And uh, it, it was a big push a couple of years ago to get to a best two out of three in the first round. I was totally in favor of that. That first round game was always scary as a higher seed because one arm could beat you in a given night. Uh, but we were not told before that, that they were cutting eight teams out of the playoff bracket. You can couple that into where we got thrown to Division One out of the blue. And it's, you know, we went from being a team in a solid position to be a team fighting for host spots every year to now you're scratching and clawing to even have a prayer to get in the playoffs so it, uh, I just feel for the kids man because it changes the perception of their high school experience our seniors last year deserved to host a playoff game they earned that right but that, that's just not the breaks and it's, it's not just baseball I mean it happens football basketball too it is what it is I'm not uh, crying about it but I feel for the kids that they didn't get the opportunity to play at home, under the lights, in the playoff series at South Lafourche High School. There you go, brother. Hey, thanks so much for the time. We'll chat again next Friday, okay? All right, man. Y'all have a good one. Yep. There's Coach Chandler Guitro is doing a good job, as always. Baseball season right around the corner. I have no idea why it's only 24 teams in baseball, but it is 28 teams in basketball and football. That that doesn't make any sense to me because last year, Central Lafourche, Terrebonne, South Lafourche all missed out. And... They were quality teams. Denham Springs missed out. Chalmette missed out. Chalmette was 18-11 and 11 and didn't make the playoffs. I have a hard time in today's day and age of the LHSA where you see some of the other brackets where 65 and 70% of the teams make the postseason. I have a hard time telling a Chalmette team that's 18-11, and 11, hey, you're not good enough to get in. I have a hard time telling a South Lafourche team that's 16-13, and 13, hey, you're not good enough to get in. That's a mess, man. Why do we only do 24 teams? That, that That's the only sport that does that. It doesn't make any sense. No, and looking at it, I mean, okay, if they would have fewer teams in a Division One, then, okay, I can see taking 24, but they don't. They have just as many in baseball and basketball, the same basketball, you get 28. I, I don't understand uh, 24. The only thing, time-wise, maybe, if, if – I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It, I mean, it, I mean you're, you got several teams playing the first round anyway, so what's another couple more? Yeah, I, I don't – I have no clue why. It, it just – it doesn't make a bit of sense. Who is in charge of making it 24 again? Well, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Let's get a break when we get back. Out of the break, we'll talk about some things happening in the world of sports. It is play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this quick timeout. 
Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top of the line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, Galliano. Lady of the Sea Community Pharmacy staff are trained in finding the lowest cost available on your medication. Stop by with your prescriptions or medicine bottles and let one of us review your options with you. With two convenient locations to serve you, we're located in Rouse's Supermarket, Highway 3235 in La Rose, or at Lady of the Sea Medical Clinic in Cutoff. Our staff available Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. and Saturdays 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. We treat you like family at Lady of the Sea. This is Congresswoman Julia Letlow, and as I travel across the 24 parishes of our district, I have the opportunity to meet amazing people and listen to their concerns. These conversations have sparked real results, from giving parents a rightful seat at the table with the Parents' Bill of Rights, to passing the strongest border security bill in history, and returning $61.5 million directly back home to the 5th District. It's an honor to be able to serve you in Congress, and if we can assist you, visit letlow.house.gov. Paid for with the official funds of the office of Julia Letlow. While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and cut off the back road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Baby, you a song, you make me want to roll my windows down and cruise. Boy, you could uh, you could never rest uh, with these college football things, man. That was got some breaking news out of LSU. You lose a starter to the transfer porter now, with that having been said, it is a starter at a position where you have a tremendous amount of depth. But Logan Diggs has just announced that he is entering the transfer portal. Logan <laughs> Diggs transferred from Notre Dame, played one season in Baton Rouge. I thought he was pretty good. But next season, LSU is loaded to the gills. They got Caleb Jackson, Trey Holly, Caden Durham, all young players. You bring back Josh Williams. It's going to be a log jam. They got plenty of running backs. But it'll be interesting to see where Logan Diggs ends up as he is entering the transfer portal. According to the reporter who initially tweeted, don't be surprised if Diggs ends up back in the Midwest. So that's one thing that is worth paying attention to. And then how about this the other day from the NCAA transfer portal? The transfer portal is so weird. ridiculous. Denver Harris. Okay. That's another LSU guy in the transfer portal. Harris is, is... loss is minuscule he didn't play he's kind of a punk um got suspended just like he did at texas a&m but how about this you know where denver harris's first official visit was since being in the transfer portal no i don't texas a&m the school that just 12 months prior kicked him out of their program that was his first official visit he may be going back to the school who ran him out which is why he went to lsu to begin with do like do coaches well, I get it. It's not Jimbo anymore, so maybe that is the answer. But, like, do coaches just not care about discipline at all anymore? I mean, this is a dude that was smoking. Oh, that, that's bye-bye. Most of that. 
Like, Discipline. That's. I, I will say this. Well, that's maybe a better story for off the air. I'll tell you something in the commercial. But yeah, it was interesting to me. Denver Harris is now maybe going back to Texas A and M. Like they just ran you out of there, bro. And that's the first place you want. to – I don't know. Very weird circumstances. But Logan Diggs is in the portal. It's a loss. Sure, it's a loss. But LSU also has a lot, a lot of running backs that they will be able to. Um, they'll be able to run the football, no doubt. The LSU women's basketball team opened up, um, listen to me, Southland Conference, opened up SEC play last night, getting a 92-72 win over Missouri. LSU is still just with the one loss. They've now won 14 games in a row since um, losing the opener to Colorado. Last night, the Lady Tigers got big performances from Angel Reese, uh, Anisha Morrow, and Philoge Johnson. Angel Reese had 21 points, 13 rebounds. Philoge had 24 points on 11 of 17 shooting. And Anissa Morrow had 25 points, 10 rebounds on 11 of 17 shooting for an LSU team partner. That They're starting to find it, bro. Offensively, they're really good. They score in the 80s and the 90s every game. Defensively, they're not all that interested at times, but they could score the heck out of the ball. The Lady Tigers have rebounded in a big way, and they've won 14 straight. Yeah, uh, I watched some of that game there last night, partner. Did you? And... Uh... Are you mocking me saying partners? <laughs> well, we'll talk about them in just a second. Uh, <laughs> and um, man, they they they're good. Okay, yeah, uh, they got a lot of but talent. I, I'm Malky. Not a big Malky fan, man. I, I just my uh, it uh, opinion of her changed. Yeah, I didn't uh, see the game last night. I was just, at Nichols. What, what was she well, doing just, last night? You know, going back with the, the COVID comments she made that was ridiculous in her press conference. I'm going to take this damn mask off because I got something that I want to say. You know, her naming of the, the uh, Dale Brown, what is the the, the PMAC or the mm-hmm. court or whatever they were going to do. Uh, I mean, she got that taken out. Um. Getting a technical thrown out of game. Her up a thousand. Team was up, yeah, and then laughing about it after. Just then, then the last night, man, you look at her on the sideline and just so animated. Just she, it's she's making it more about herself. She everything. It, it's it's I don't know. It just it turns me off now. Her, I I might be the only one. And all you Kim Malky fans, hey, great. Um, well, but it, it's just, man. Here's the reason why no one say or very few say anything. And I'm with you. She's extremely flamboyant, and she could be a lot. But in her last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen seasons, she was thirty-four and three, forty and zero, oh, thirty-four and two, thirty-two and five, thirty-three and four, thirty-six and two, thirty-two and four. So when so she wins thirty-plus games every year, that's the only reason why she could get away with all that crap. Yeah, and I look. She has talent. She's a great recruiter. She gets, she recruits well. I think she has a great coaching staff also. And uh, but, and it, it's other people. She's turning somebody, but they're not gonna say nothing. They're just gonna sit back. She wins. You're right. She does win. But yeah. no doubt about my that. My goodness. Look, man. I want to issue a challenge to the folks in our area. Um, it was, we do spend a lot of time talking about LSU here. 
for a couple of reasons. A, I'm an alum. B, that's what you guys want to listen to. You guys tell us, you know, hey, I love hearing you, your thoughts on the purple and gold. And LSU's the flagship school. That's the school. There are more LSU fans in this state than there are fans of any other school. I get that. But I want to issue a challenge to folks to take some time this season, be it Monday when the Colonels men's team are playing in Stouffer Gymnasium against Southeastern, be it next Thursday when the women's team is playing home against New Orleans, be it two Saturdays from now when the men and women are going to be both hosting Lamar, go watch Nichols play because last night I had the privilege of being on the ESPN Plus call between they and Southeastern. Southeastern's the reigning Southland Conference champions. They're really good. They got a 66-56 to win over Nichols. But the energy and the how what I'm trying to energy and the vibe and the culture that Coach Justin Payne has brought to that program in one season is awesome. The Colonels were down double digits at halftime, dominated the third quarter, took a lead. The gym was rocking. You got Coach Payne's dad going nuts, getting all the fans involved. Um, Etienne made a big three-pointer. JP turns around. He's slapping his chest. He's screaming and telling the crowd to make noise. I've not seen Stouffer be that animated for a girls-only single header like we saw last night. Go watch the Colonels play. I don't know how uh, successful in terms of wins and losses they'll be this year in the conference because they're still rebuilding. But you talk about a team that's going to give you everything that they've got. He's got them playing super hard, super well. Another couple of recruiting cycles, bro. Look out, because that team's going to be very good. They competed. They have nothing to hang their head about. Southeastern's the reigning defending champions. They're really good. The Colonels fought their asses off last night. And I'm sure that if you give them a chance, look, you watched it last night. You could probably piggyback on what I'm saying. If you give them a chance, you'll be really pleased with the new vibe of that program. Without a doubt, I mean, uh, you can hear it, the, the crowd noise. And, look, if they can get 50 to 75 or more people in that gym, that is going to make a huge home court advantage for them women. Uh, it, it, um, it'd be amazing. And they were down double digits in the second half. I thought it was going to be a blowout. I'll be honest. And, when, when Southeastern made that second quarter run, I thought it was going to be a blowout. And the Lady Colonels – Ended up taking a three-point lead in the second half. But just Southeastern has been there before. They didn't get rattled. And uh, their inside game was just a little bit too much for the Lady Colonels to handle. And uh, the last four minutes of the game was uh, quick offense. I'm sure not what uh, Coach Payne had wanted. Um, and, and it got away from him at the end. But it was a much closer and competitive game than in the final score. Uh, said at the end, but you're right. They play extremely hard. Uh, they do a lot of things well. And uh, the, the Lady Colonels now have a, a post presence also. Oh, Alexander's a monster down low, man. She and Craig play big. Uh, yeah, that's going to be some big weapons. Look, the men are five and eight, but again, they played a really difficult schedule. I mean, Tulane and, you know, they, they lost to LSU, they lost to Baylor. They open up their Southland Conference schedule on tomorrow at Houston Christian. And one thing that I really liked, man, and, and maybe this is just a byproduct of having two guys who are colonels, right, is last night as I'm watching the women play, 
I see Coach Tavon Sadler in the stands. And like when the Colonel score, he's getting excited and he's getting crunk. And I see the guys on the team that like they're getting excited. Everybody seems to be all pulling in the same direction. Rebo goes to the games and, you know, Mike Silva goes to the games. Everybody seems to be pulling in the same direction. And I think that that's a wonderful thing. Now, with that having been said, we've got a little bit of news um, on the nickel side. And then we've got an attaboy that we've got to shout out to one of our own. Uh, first and foremost, we want to congratulate Jacob Myers of Nickel State University. Uh, Perfect Game and Collegiate Baseball released their preseason All-American teams. And Jacob Myers of Nickel State University, the big starting pitcher, is a preseason third-team All-American. So that's a great honor from him. And I was actually telling uh, Brad, who sent me this, my, my buddy Brad Weimer, how cool is it that Nichols has a freshman sensation on the mound and does not fall for the transfer portal cheese and is going back to Thibodeau for another season. Look, I'm an LSU guy. I'm an LSU grad. I would have welcomed him in Baton Rouge with open arms. But at the end of the day, it is also cool to see a guy staying loyal to the school that gave him a chance. I'm so glad Jacob Myers is back in Thibodeau. Yeah, that's, that's nice to see. And they, they're building something special over there. Hopefully they can build off of their success from last year. And one more. I know you had pulled it up just a second ago. And we had kind of reported this loosely before it was officially official. Our buddy Brock Mathern announced that he was resigning from St. Louis about a heck, about a month ago now. A couple days after that happened, we said here on the show, the news leaked. I had a source tell me he was going to East Ascension. They made that official today as Coach Mathern is going to be officially going to East Ascension. Good football coach, young guy, a lot of energy. His players like to play for him. East Ascension got a good one, and East Ascension's a little bit of a, of a sleeping giant there because um, they've got a big old enrollment. They've always got a bunch of athletes that kind of underachieved last year because of a ridiculously hard schedule. I think Brock's going to do a good job there. Yeah, oh, he will, and uh, he's going to bring a different culture to that program. He has some good assistants in place already, and I'm sure he'll keep on staff. So uh, they'll hit the ground running at East Ascension, no doubt. We're still waiting on the announcement to be made of who the next Vanderbilt head football coach is going to be. We expect that to drop all oh, in the next week or two. Then Hanville probably after that, uh, and we'll see how those dominoes fall uh, as as we head into the carousel season for for the coaching circle. Yeah, and rumors all around uh, with the Hanville job and. It's going to be interesting to see if... Um, I've heard, and I'll say it, I don't care. I've heard that the Hanvo job has been offered to someone, and it's, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, not the guy that a lot of folks locally are expecting it to be. I don't think that BJ is is their first choice, just based on what I'm hearing. Yeah, and uh, also here, not sure if the one that they want to offer it to wants it. And there you go, which could potentially change so, everything. Yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see, but... Yeah, we'll wait and see how that shakes out. Let's catch a break. When we get back, we're going to Damian St. Pierre. He is the boys and girls uh, basketball coach at Golden Meadow, president of South Lafouche Biddy. We'll have him on to talk about everything happening in the world of sports. It's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this. Join the Hot Sauce Express weekdays on the Rage and Cajun. Tune in from 6 to 10 a.m. for the best Cajun music anywhere on this planet, the Hot Sauce Express. And it's all brought to you in part by Later of the Sea General Hospital, and Golden Motors. Don't forget, that's the Hot Sauce Express, weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m., right here on The Rage and Cajun, KLEB 1600 a.m. and 102.7 FM. 
Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat and Homa wants you to join them for the start of something new sales event. Tis the season to get a great deal on a Ram or new commercial truck, van, car, or SUV. Southland Dodge has the perfect vehicle for your business or personal use. It's a grand new year, so get a great deal on your new dream car, SUV, or truck today at Southland Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, 6161 West Park Avenue in Homa. Here for you yesterday, today, and tomorrow. State Bank and Trust Company has provided Cajun banking served just the way you like it for now 70 years. State Bank offers a wide variety of modern conveniences without having to sacrifice that personal touch that we all know and love. So stop by today and get a taste of Cajun banking and be met by a smiling, familiar face who loves our area as much as you do. That State Bank and Trust Company still standing strong after 70 years of loyal service to our community. Welcome to No Wake Outfitters, located in Metairie, just east of Causeway Boulevard. Your one-stop fly shop, kayak, and sportsman outfitters. You can check out our new kayak demos and our new pool and sea casting demonstrations. We have a new selection of functional and comfortable apparel from your favorite brands for the cooler weather. And our dedicated staff is here and ready to provide you with the knowledge to make an informed purchase. Come on in to check out some of our exclusive brands, such as Rugged Road, Turtle Box, Orvis, New Canoe, Old Town, and oh yeah, New Canoe 2022 kayaks are now 20% off. No Wake Outfitters, 1926. Six Airline Drive in Metairie. Since we were little, we've been inseparable, but vaping felt different. She tried it because I did, but when I stopped, she kept using it. Now I wish we never vaped. It feels like it's my fault she's hooked. Sharing vapes means sharing addiction. Learn more at BehindTheHazeLA.com. Sponsored by Louisiana Department of Justice. I am happy. I'm feeling glad I got sunshine. In a bag, I'm useless. Welcome back to Play by Play. Hope everybody's enjoying their Friday. We are going to go to the phone lines for the final time in the week and visit with our buddy, Coach Damien St. Pierre, the boys and girls basketball coach at Golden Meadow and also the president of South Bush Bitty Basketball. D, good afternoon, buddy. How we doing? Man, I got to be honest with you. I know we talked this morning about coming on. Totally forgot. So I know no one's going to believe us, but we never talked prior to coming on uh, our, our, our normal radio on Friday. So this is Definitely shooting from the hip today. Let's go ahead and wing it, brother. Let's yeah, make it forgetting, happen. Forgetting you're getting kind of old. Okay. <laughs> Look, man, uh, big middle school tournament this weekend out at Raceland. Your boys are going to be competing in that. Uh, tell us about some things you're hoping to see from the Lions, bro. Really good practices over the break. Uh, a lot of high-energy stuff. We took a different mindset and a different approach than we did last year. Um, you know, I, I got a lot of experience coaching, but as far as leading a middle school program, I've only got about three or four years, and they're scattered. So there's some consistency that we're trying to establish at the moment. And last year I felt we came out of the break very flat. We, we stacked a bunch of wins on the boys' and the girls' side early in the season. Um, and the girls', the girls side, we continue to win. But then on the boys' side, I felt like we lost a little bit of structure. Um, lost a bit, a little bit of our momentum. And actually, you know, I, I was poking fun at Coach College, but I, I called him, uh, you know, for some some advice and something that I that I do often. I did again this week, and I appreciate him always taking my phone calls and helping me out. 
Um, so, you know, we, we changed up a few things coming off the break this year. We had some really, really energetic practices. We put in some new stuff. Um, so if you're listening and you, you got me scouted, just you can throw that away because we're not running anything <laughs> that we ran before Christmas. Uh, we're kind of going with a, you know, with a, with a new emphasis on doing a few things. And we're hoping to be a little more successful this year going into the Paris slate. And, and I thought we lost a few games last year that we could have won. And I don't want to, I don't want to sit, sit back and have that happen to us again. But we're excited about competing this afternoon. Awkward game slots. I think mentally we got to be prepared at three o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Uh, don't anticipate the gym's going to be heavily packed, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll be mentally ready and, and we're, we're definitely physically ready. For sure, dude. Look, uh, tell us about the Biddy side of things. I saw, you know, you guys announced your All-Star teams a couple weeks ago. Central Lafouche Youth Basketball did the same. All-Star season's rolling around the corner. When is that first uh, weekend tournament going to be held, brother? We have it to punt to, I guess I'll get on my soapbox a little bit, but I think locally, our, our programs here, we do a really good job of keeping things in line, keeping things um, kind of in, uh, you know, in a cadence. Say we do things on this time, around this time, and we, we, we try to be strategic in what we're doing. When, when you got to punt to, na- to national bidding, it gets a little messy. So right now we only have half the schedule out. The girl side does not have a schedule out, uh, but we're having to move forward with the boys' side. The boys, it looks like we're talking to, um, to the representatives from Central Foods bid, it looks like we're going to bring back the friendship tournament that we're going to host actually next weekend, kind of a test and two scrimmage type of event That's where cool. all their teams will play all of our teams in a, in a two-day format um, just to kind of get ready for the season. And then the older boys, I think the 12U actually start the following weekend, which I don't have a calendar for them, but I believe that, believe that would be uh, that weekend of the 18th or the 20th. 20th, yeah. They're going to be, I think so, I think the 10s and the 12s are going are to start that weekend. And then more towards the beginning of February is when it really, really kicks off. And we got at least – uh, three tournaments that we're going to host locally, and then we're waiting. Like I said, we're waiting on that on that girls' schedule. But uh, we have 12 U teams on both the boys and the girls' side. On the girls' side, we have a 10 U 18, an 8 U 18. On the boys' side, we have two 10 U teams, uh, our, our blue team and our white team. And then on the 8 U side as well, we have our, our blue team and our white team. So we got a lot of a lot of um, qualified folks, a lot of kids that are excited about about getting in there. And we actually have our we, we got to kick off with our coaching meeting on Sunday. Uh, two o'clock. Um, we just we just released that information to get make sure our coaches are armed with information that they need to be successful throughout the season. So I'm going to ask you a question, and it's probably would take an answer that would carry us to the rest of the show. So be as brief and ju- as judicious as you can. In the last oh 10, 20 years or so, and this is not a knock. I love bitty basketball, but it's not as big and as prevalent as it used to be. So if I tell you right now, Damien, you're in charge of this going forward. What do we have to do to get Biddy to be a bigger deal than like it was when we were kids? How do we build that back up? What are some things that you think are lacking that have caused kind of the, the decline a little bit? Uh, there's no the, the structure is 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 not where it used to be. And maybe you know maybe you get older and you see maybe you you, you look behind the curtain a little bit and maybe it was always like that. Um, but I think locally, again, when I say locally, I'm talking about the, the Lafouche Parish programs. I think we do a really good job because we've been through that. Most of the folks that are in charge have played years and years and years that have been and have been in charge years and years and years. At the end of the day, you got to make it fun and you got to make it easy, and you got to provide a safe environment. Those are the the, the three things that that we're looking for. Um, is the fun still there? 
nine out of ten, yes, the fun's still there. Is it for coaches to get in the tournaments and to, to have to deal with almost like a, like a bureaucracy of a government? That's not fun. So you got a lot of qualified folks that don't want to do it anymore because of that. And then, you know, safe environment, they're, they're trying for that. They're, they're having to have a cop, which is something we shouldn't even have to talk to. But you, you're going to have to have some type of security at these at these facilities during tournament weekends and things like that. And again, that all costs money, so you're getting into the, to the bureaucratic side. The bureaucratic side, I guess that's the right word for it. Side of things where you have to, hey, look, I need more money. you got to charge more money. And then at the end of the day, that that's what it's about. But you got to keep it fun for the kids. You, you have to invest in the communities to have these uh, these programs pop back up. You know, a lot of them have consolidated into to, to one area has got one program. Um, now, do I think that's for the betterment right now? Absolutely. But overall, um, Lafouche Parish was holding Betty down for a long time. Sure. Now we're down to three programs, maybe four, depending on what racing's doing. I, I don't really have my ear to the ground at the moment on what they're doing. Um, had the team to go to Metagallion or cut off the roads, Lockport. Uh, racing, and you could have a tournament, a full tournament with just those local teams, and then you know you have your fun traveling a couple times a, a year. And it's we we got to get back to some, some more league, but they're got to you have you have to make it fun, you have to make it easy, you have to make it accessible, you have to make it affordable. And we we haven't done the best job of that, and that's why those the leagues are consolidating. Oh, very well said, brother. Look, uh, last year you and I had the privilege of doing a South Lafouche girls basketball game with Homo Christian School. At that time, we were super impressed with the play of then-Homa Christian 8th grader Nyla Lyons. Nyla is now a freshman at South Lafouche and is having a huge role. On um, Earlier in the week when they played E.D. White on Wednesday, she was terrific. On the glass, 16 points, God knows how many rebounds. It's crazy how one player's energy and effort can make everybody else play harder. She's the engine of that team, and bro, she's like 14 years old. was born lucky enough to know her parents really well nyla is a special person before we even get into how, how much of a talented athlete she is nyla is a special person she's a special young lady and you could tell that in the way she plays the game the way she respects the game and the way she appreciates the game she's fired up she holds folks accountable um and she's been gifted with athleticism to go along with that you know a lot of folks that that are successful in sports have one of those two traits either they're super athletic and don't have the the mental aspect of it or they just have the mental aspect and don't have the, the super athletic ability she's lucky enough to have both she's a special player special person um she's guided in the right direction and she she pays the dues to be as good as she is she plays year-round um and he, she and it's not like hey look i'm gonna go play 30 games in the summer i'm gonna take half the summer off because i'm just not i'm gonna play half speed in those games those games to her are the highest intensity high school varsity basketball games, no matter who she's playing, where she's playing, and no matter who she's playing, and, and no matter where, and no matter who she's playing for. Uh, so I remember saying her name an abundance of times during that game last year that we called, and just seeing highlights of, of her playing. She's brought that energy, and you know a lot of folks think, may think she's in eleventh, twelfth grade, and, and I, she's a she's a true freshman, and that, that's uh, she's. She's got she's got some ways to go. She's you know she's got some room to improve, but she has she has set the tone to have a really really success, successful high school uh, career. Some things are spinning around over in Baton Rouge. Logan Diggs has entered the NCAA transfer portal. Not a huge loss. He was your best running back, but you got a ton of running backs coming back. Andre Sam announces that he's going to the NFL draft. 
I don't know that there's a high demand for a defensive back who can't cover anyone at the next level, but Andre Sam's going to make that decision going to the next level. LSU gets a five-star running back, Harlem Berry. They're trying to get Bryce Underwood. Uh, Brian Kelly has fired his defensive staff. So, man, dude, take whichever piece of that pie that you want. How you want to talk about LSU football today? Because there's a whole lot going on. Hey, Mark Diggs, when did that happen? Uh, about 20 minutes ago. I am a little surprised, but at the same time, uh, speaking specifically about the running back position, I don't think we did a great job, even in the last couple of years, of settling in on the guy. Uh, we kind of went with who could get the hot hand. And just like in the bowl game, Caleb Jackson had two carries. I thought that those were some of the best carries of the game, and then he doesn't get the, the football again uh, for, the, for the whole game. So I think Logan Diggs probably he could, he could I see him as being I'm going to get 20 carries and my 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 second 10 are going to be a, a big deal better than my than my first 10. I could see him being that type of back that needs those carries. So I don't blame him. Uh, Andre Sam leaving I, I echo your sentiments 100 percent kind of the same way I felt when um, uh, who's who's the one that, that didn't declare and, and is coming back? Uh, I can't the, the cornerback the, the defensive back that did that this week. Oh, man, the guy from Lafayette uh, Christian. Oh, yeah, there you go, yeah. Yeah, so Sage Ryan kind of did the same thing. He came back with Major uh, Major Burns. He's not going to the NFL. Well, like you said, there's not much room in the NFL for folks that can't can't cover. But I think LSU got the the Ohio State commit. Uh, They got the Austin transfer from uh, from Auburn. They got the Texas A&M transfer. So they they knew, um, you know, it, it's not like they're trying to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. They knew they had a deficiency in the backfield, in the defensive backfield, and they're trying to do everything they possibly can to do it. Interesting take on how Brian Kelly is building his roster. You got some coaches that have elected to build solely through the transfer portal. Brian Kelly is is rolling in the high school recruiting. Um, there's a possibility, depending on what happens in the next couple of days with Bryce Underwood, if he commits, LSU could have. Number one running back, number one quarterback, and the number one wide receiver in the country coming to Baton Rouge next the following season. That's special. And, and look, it may not work out. You may only get them for – you may have a rent a season where they're only here for a year or two years, and then they go to somewhere else if it's not working out. But um, it, it's an interesting method of what he's trying to do, countering what everybody else is pretty much doing, getting instant success from these portal transfers. But, I, I, look, LSU wants to get to that next level. Brian Kelly's preaching consistency. Hey, look, we got – Two ten win seasons back to back, coming off of two six win seasons. He said he he thinks that the program's ready to make that next jump, and he's been there before. So I'm, I'm I know people kind of go back and forth on him, but I'm going to believe in him until he fails. Let's go ahead and talk about the New Orleans Saints. The Saints have two pathways to potentially get into the playoffs. The first is if they win and Tampa Bay loses or ties Carolina, they would win the NFC South and they would be the number four seed. The second is if. They win, Tampa Bay wins, but then also the Seahawks lose and the Packers lose, then New Orleans could get in as the seventh seed, as a wild card. Now, Brian and I have been debating this both on and off the air throughout the course of the week. Brian is convinced that the Saints are going to get all of the help that they need but are going to lose to Atlanta. So what say you? How are you looking at the Saints going into Week 18? God was telling me, man, Tampa's gonna uh, Tampa's gonna win in a blowout. Tampa's gonna win in a blowout. I can't remember who exactly said that. I won't, I won't call the first out. I was ready for a blowout. And I, I, I didn't see it. That's old uh, age again. Can't remember. 
That would be an extremely New Orleans Saints thing to do and have everything that you need to happen and, and don't take care of the win. Um, I, I don't think Atlanta's looking at this as a, as a throwaway game by any stretch of the imagination. They're going to come to New Orleans one to win. Their coaches uh, listen to a couple of Atlanta guys speak. Coaches may be on the hot seat, may, may not be, depending on who you're listening to, so still fighting for their lives as well. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be close. It's going to be low scoring. I think the uh, the over under for the first half is at twenty one, and last year I think this was a seven to three game, top or ten seven type of ball game. So you could look again for that low score, um, and in them low scoring games, I hate to say it, but I'm I'm going to take New Orleans right now, um, and I'm going to go the opposite of uh, of what Coach College said. I'm going to say they're going to win, and they won't they will not get the help that they need to get in, which essentially is going to help them because they're not going to be drafting as uh, as low as they would if they do get in the playoffs. And what do you get at this point? What do you get in the playoffs for? You're not going to get in the championship game. You're not going to get to the Super Bowl. You, you, you're still playing for that draft pick, and there there could be a quarterback somewhere in there that, that you need to invest in if they're, if they're picking in that, that 15 to 20 range. Let's talk some pro wrestling, brother. Uh, on Monday, I'm flipping through the channels. I'm watching the college football playoff. I get a text message from a buddy saying, hey, put it on USA right now. And as I did that, I see Dwayne The Rock Johnson walking down the aisle, then he's cutting promos against Jinder Mahal and doing the people's elbow and all that good stuff. I'm thinking, okay, hey, it's New Year's Day. Here's just like a nice special little one-off. We could bury Jinder Mahal. Hey, that's all fun. But then he grabs the mic at the end and says he's coming for the head of the table and then has since posted on Instagram saying, hey, uh, we're just getting started. So this is going to be a prolonged run where he's going to be on television multiple times, probably leading into WrestleMania. Man, uh, I'm excited because, bro, Turtle and I were talking about this, and Gage Griffin and I were talking about this. Before, this stuff used to be very predictable, and we kind of had an idea where it was going. I don't know what they're going to do. Is it going to be Rock and Roman at the Rumble? Is it going to be... Rock and or uh, Roman and Cody at Mania? Is it going to be Rock and Roman at Elimination Chamber? What are you going to do with CM Punk? Like, there's so many different ways to make the gumbo, and it, it's keeping me coming back looking for more. Rock has some work to do entering. It's from his promos were were right on point, and I, I thought it was pretty neat. You know, where am I? I'm coming back. Where am I going to sit? And, you know, I think I'm going to sit at the head of the table. I thought that was pretty neat. First off, you don't have to uh, job out my man Jinder Mahal. I'm a big Jinder Mark, <laughs> so I'm going on record on that. Uh, you didn't have. There's so many other people that you could have done that to, and you, you did it to my man Jinder Mahal. Um, I, one of the coolest things about the the merger or the acquisition that that happened with the the UFC brand is that I think they're making it a point to hold some of these um, surprise entries or surprise comebacks pretty close to the vest. They got us with The Rock. They got us with CM Punk. And there's not too many bigger names in the wrestling industry besides those two. CM Punk, you kind of had a clue, you know, um, but you didn't know when, where, how. I think they're doing a good job of holding that stuff to the vest, which piques interest because it's one of those things that keeps people tuned in. You never know what's going to happen. Um, so I think it'll depend on, as far as when, Royal Rumble or Mania. Are they going to let Cody finish the story uh, as they keep alluding to and have him and and Reigns go out at WrestleMania? But how can you punt? How can you shark punt Rock and Reigns to Royal Rumble and not have that as the biggest match of the year, or biggest match in maybe ten years? Uh, that's that's a blockbuster event. 
Uh, and that, that's going to be – I'm thinking that's where they're going. I, I think that's an easy sell. I think you get the, the Hollywood media in there as well, the national media, and not just the, the MMA wrestling folks if you put The Rock in the main event of WrestleMania at this point. Is there anything boxing that we need to be excited about? I know I saw some pictures of Jonathan Guidry in the gym recently. I don't know when he's going to get back at it. Is there anything on the boxing front that you'd like to talk about? Maybe missing some stuff at the moment. There you go, brother. Look, man, thanks so much for the time. Hope to see you this weekend. I plan to get out to Raceland. Yes, sir. That is Damien St. Pierre. We kind of lost connection a little bit there at the end of the interview. It was kind of getting a little fuzzy, but he did a good job. We covered all the topics there. Uh, he's super excited about WWE and all that good stuff. Um, he's super excited about the challenge that lies ahead for his team um is that you know they're playing against uh several teams at the Raceland tournament that'll be a lot of fun to see hope to go and catch some of our middle school teams and i loved his answer about how to try to bring bitty basketball back and i would love to add one thing to that um that he probably would agree with me and i know that you certainly will like, we need the adults to stop acting like the children at these events. That's the reason why people don't want their – because most sane people don't want their child to be yelled at and screamed at and, and, and abused mentally and physically by adults who can't understand that this is developmental. And if you win your league championship or your All-Stars tournament, you don't get anything except a trophy and a little pride. Like, I think that the adults have gone a long way in poisoning that well. It's one of the reasons why I don't coach anymore. Yeah, look, I've always said <clears throat> with Biddy, uh, have a couple of cameras, film the kids playing, and have one just filming either the stands <laughs> or whatever. Then uh, on draft night, get everybody together and, and show the two of them and say, what's the problem now? Uh, it, it's uh, – it's crazy when he's talking about security at these games. You need oh, security, and it's it's needed. <laughs> it's needed, brother. Let me tell you, is it needed? I, I you know, um, as long as your kids having fun. I mean, it's bitty basketball. Let them learn the basics, and 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 another thing is, you know, uh, why not have a a, a six week season, then. Uh, like when or you have your season, your all-star teams picked, whatever, and the other ones redraft and let them continue playing. I think that'd be cool, and I think it'd be a, a money-making thing for the youth centers. I think, yeah, I agree with that. I think that's you know, cool. and you, if you want to go play all-star, sign up. Okay, you try out however you pick them, and um, let them play on. But let the other ones let's redraft and play again. Could work. Could work. Uh, I don't know that we'll ever get there, but yeah, that's, that certainly sounds like a pretty good idea. Got a little bit of breaking news of interest to you, Coach Brian Colley. Um, Tulane today has gotten a transfer portal commitment. Actually, this actually was posted on ESPN.com about 20 minutes ago. Uh, Tulane has gotten a transfer portal commitment from Oregon backup quarterback Ty Thompson. Ty Thompson is a former top 100 recruit who is likely going to be um, Tulane's starting quarterback entering next season. Ty Thompson didn't play a whole lot at Oregon because he was behind Bo Nix, 
Um, and Oregon has since gotten Dylan Gabriel in the transfer portal, um, former Oklahoma quarterback. So he was going to either compete or be a backup again. Uh, but Tulane gets him a guy. I don't know a whole lot about Ty Thompson, but I know if he was a former four-star recruit, that's a good sign. The fact that when Bo Nix was leaving, they weren't ready to hand him the job maybe isn't a good sign. Yeah. Uh, but the Green Wave making some things happen. They got a transfer portal commitment from a quarterback from Oregon. It's all about the fit, man. You got some good quarterbacks that uh, maybe not fit uh, as well as a certain place, and change of scenery could be better, good for them. So it's all about the fit, and uh, we'll see. Hopefully uh, he can work out, but they got some quarterbacks on, uh, on their roster that might step up. So it, it reportedly – LSU has zeroed in on trying to get Missouri defensive coordinator Blake Baker. That apparently is Brian Kelly's leading choice to replace Matt House. If the name um, Blake Baker sounds familiar to you, it's because he's coached at LSU before. He was the linebackers coach at LSU before making the move to be the defensive coordinator at Missouri. In one season as the defensive coordinator with Missouri, he improved the defense from like 110th in the country to like 20, uh, 23rd or something like that. Um, in January of 2019, he was the defensive coordinator at Miami for a defense that ranked 13th nationally. He's 41 years old, is a great recruiter. So it looks like LSU is zeroing in on their guy. I think it would be a good one if they could bring him in. He's familiar with recruit, recruiting in the area. His wife is from Louisiana. Um, now it's just a matter of will Missouri pony up and keep them. But I, I truly believe if it becomes a bidding war between LSU and Missouri, we know who's going to win that bidding war. Yeah, easy. So we'll see. It looks like that's the guy Brian Kelly has pinpointed, and then the rest of the staff will kind of fall in place from there um, as it looks like Blake Baker is their number one choice. Let's catch a break when we get back. We'll talk about the NFL, big old week 18, the last week of the season. We've got some playoff scenarios and formulas and different things like that to talk about. It's play-by-play. -play. We'll be right back after this. Duck Fab Incorporated is your first choice for professional HVAC duct system. From project concept, design, drafting, to production and installation, Duck Fab prides itself in serving all of your HVAC system needs from residential, commercial, municipalities, and industrial marine and land-based facilities. DuckFab is there to serve Gulf Coast and River Region with its locations in Homa and Hazelhurst, Mississippi. DuckFab, 352 Equity Boulevard, Homa, Louisiana, 985-876-3400. DuckFab. Is knee pain keeping you from living your best life? Get back into the swing of things with a robotic-assisted knee replacement from Thibodeau Regional Health System. Robotic-assisted knee replacement means greater precision and a joint replacement that's customized to your anatomy. And this could mean less pain and a quicker recovery. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com. Ontario, Douay, Ontario. More than just an insurance company, they're marine insurance specialists. Whether it's fishing boats, cabin cruisers, sailboats, or marine industry, you can trust Terrio Douay Ontario to get you the coverage you need at a price you deserve for your home, your auto, life, fire and health. They've been taking care of people since 1957. Call Terrio Douay Ontario at 475-5126. Just ask for Lynn Pierce or David O. along Bayou Lafouche in Golden Meadow. 
While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with the all-new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors, 15101 Highway 3235 and Cutoff, The Back Road, 325-1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. 3T Oil Change is an efficient quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines, brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and Cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons! So we head into the final regular season weekend of the NFL, and there are a lot of teams that have a lot to play for. But there's also some things that are decided. Excuse me. We know Baltimore is the number one seed and will get a first-round playoff by um, in the AFC. We know that. We know San Francisco is the number one seed in the NFC and will get a first-round playoff by. We have not yet decided the NFC East which is going to come between Dallas and Philadelphia. We have not yet decided the NFC South, which is going to come between either Tampa, New Orleans, or Atlanta. For Dallas and Philadelphia in the NFC East, if the Cowboys win on Sunday against Washington, they're going to uh, win the division and be the number two seed in the NFC. If they lose and Philadelphia wins over New York, then the uh, the Giants and the Eagles will be the number two seed and um, the Cowboys will be the number five seed, the first wild card. If both Dallas and Philadelphia lose, Dallas will win the division, but Detroit would then become the two seed, assuming that they win their final game of the season. So a lot of moving parts, a lot of moving pieces. Now for New Orleans, as we've chronicled here throughout the week, the Saints have two doors. They could win. Well, either scenario has to have them winning. If they got to beat Atlanta, and they need... Tampa Bay to lose to Carolina. You do that, you're the fourth seed, you win the NFC South, you're going to be at home in the Dome next weekend playing a playoff game. If Tampa Bay beats Carolina, New Orleans still has an avenue to get in, but they need to win. They need Green Bay to lose to the Bears and Seattle to lose to um, the Cardinals. So it's not great odds for New Orleans, but there is still an opportunity there, and more important than that, there's still an opportunity there to potentially get a game in the Dome in the playoffs, which would potentially be really big. Now, in terms of opponents, if New Orleans gets the number four seed and wins the division, they will be hosting either Philadelphia or Dallas. Whoever finishes runner-up in the East, right now probably likely Philadelphia, but I would have a hard time thinking that Dallas would lose to Washington. So they would probably be home next weekend against Philadelphia in the Dome. If they are the number seven seed and get that last wild card spot, then they would be facing on the road either Dallas, Detroit, or Philadelphia, probably Dallas, going to Jerry World and playing the number two seed Cowboys. So those are just kind of your playoff scenarios. But 
There's also a world, and this is why I think that the game on Sunday for New Orleans is going to be exceedingly difficult. Let's say Carolina beats Tampa. If that happens, then the Saints and the Falcons becomes an yep. NFC South championship game because Atlanta could then climb it with a win against New Orleans all the way to the top, win the division. If all three teams are 8-9, and nine, Atlanta has the tiebreakers, and they would be the ones that would be going. So that just kind of breaks down the scenarios. Now, it was interesting for me to hear yesterday Derek Carr say that during the game with Atlanta, he wants the Superdome staff to not show the score of the Tampa-Carolina game. He doesn't want to know until after. So I'm going to ask you, if you are Dennis Allen, and God, I hate to put you in those shoes because you know I trust your intelligence a lot more than I trust his, but if you were put in Dennis Allen's shoes and you're coaching and you're laser-focused and you're trying to beat Atlanta, would you want somebody whispering that score of that Tampa Bay game in your ear during the game? Or are you like Derek Carr and you just, hey, man, at 3.30, we'll go and see what the score is and whatever it is it is, we can't control it either way? I wouldn't go as far as to tell the people not to put it up on the scoreboard. I mean, concentrate on your job. That's what he tries doing everybody else's job. <laughs> now he wants to control the scoreboard? They got people for that. Um, I probably wouldn't want to know. You know, let's play the game. Let's find out after. Don't come tell me uh, during the game uh, if you involved coaching the game. Uh, as a fan, 100% you want to know. But uh, coaching-wise, let's, let us do our job and just tell us after. Because it should not change either way how you approach the game. Now, the thing that is interesting about this is that New Orleans will know at 3 o'clock whether or not they won the division. Tampa Bay plays Carolina at noon. They play Atlanta at noon. By 3 o'clock, we'll know how the division goes. But you're not going to learn the other stuff until later because Arizona plays Seattle at 325. Chicago plays Green Bay at 325. So, dude, Utah, like, let, let's assume for a second Tampa Bay beats Carolina and let's assume that New Orleans beats Atlanta and Tampa wins the division. Talk about a nervous three hours coming up after that, and you'd be needing help in two different games. That, way, that wouldn't happen. It would be uh, – I can't imagine the helpless feeling that that would have to be, knowing that you need multiple pieces of help from around the league. But at 325, it could also be a very dark time because you could have maybe potentially lost and have your season ended yeah, on the Yeah, I field. thought the NFL was going to flex the Saints game to about maybe 2 in the morning. 2 in the morning, yeah. huh? The Bills are in a unique situation, and they're in the most unique situation of anybody in the NFL. Right now, they're the number six seed. If they beat Miami on Sunday night, and I'm putting it into the playoff machine right now, Bills win over Dolphins. They win the division. They're the number two seed. But if the Bills lose to the Dolphins, and then a couple of other teams in the hunt win, like let's see, let's give the Colts <laughs> yeah, a win. They're done. Let's give the Jaguars a win then the Bills don't make the playoffs at all. Uh, I think the Steelers would need to get a win also. But anyway, there is a scenario here where you could go, and the Steelers are going to win because Lamar Jackson's not playing. Because they've got the So there's a very real scenario where if Buffalo loses to Miami and the Jags win and the Colts win, the Jags are playing the, te the Titans. That's not a big challenge. The Colts are playing the Texans. That'll be a big game. 
there's a scenario where a Buffalo team, and by the way, even if Houston beats the Colts, they would still be ahead of Buffalo. There's a scenario where Buffalo, who doesn't have any tiebreakers, and who I think right now is the best team in the NFL, can miss the playoffs altogether. That that would be an unbelievably heartbreaking uh, run for them. Yeah, you don't think they would? Uh, the Bills would be kicking themselves like, man, if we'd have made that change a couple of weeks earlier. Uh, I think it goes. Oh. I think it's a little deeper than that. I think it all started when Josh Allen in July. Nope, nope, to, nope, nope, nope. Decided that you know, hey, I want to go and go to cover this video game. And speaking of curses, Stephen A. Smith, our good friend Stephen A. Smith, screaming A. Smith, has said all throughout the week, and he's the biggest Cowboys hater that there is. He said all throughout the week he thinks Dallas could win the Super Bowl. Why? Because he thinks that the organization was cursed by not having Jimmy Johnson in their ring of honor. And he said now that he's in the ring of honor, Dallas is going to win the Super Bowl this year. I know you're not a superstitious guy, and this one does feel like a little bit of a stretch to me. But has the hex been lifted off of my Cowboys? Do you believe Stephen A. Smith and his voodoo no, magic? No, I don't believe it. No. <laughs> All right, so let me throw this one to you. Let's assume, okay, let, let's, let me go through the teams that are in contention for that last wild card spot. New Orleans, Green Bay, Minnesota, Seattle. Which of those four teams, in your estimation, would be most likely to win a playoff game? Oh, to win a playoff Oh, I thought I was trying to think what you were asking to get in. Uh, to win? Green Bay. Green Bay, okay. Yep. Now, now let me ask you this. As a Saints fan, I'm giving you two options. Would you rather be at home in the Dome against Philadelphia or would you rather be um, on the road against Detroit? Would you rather play Philly or Detroit in the opening round? Philly has been god-awful the last month, but Detroit has never been to the playoffs with this group before. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that the Saints could – well, Detroit showed you uh, what they did. They came out, put a whooping on them early. Saints fought back. But uh, I would, I'd play home. So you'd rather the yeah. home game with Philly. Okay. Now, the next part to that, realistically, could New Orleans beat any of these following? No. San Francisco, Dallas, Detroit, Philadelphia. Can they beat any of those? No. I tend to agree. And because of that, that's the reason why I think so many fans are like, you know what, to hell with it. Let's just not get in. Um, because here's the thing about if you do get in, your draft pick goes from like 11th or 12th to like in the 20s because they move you up because you made the playoffs. That could be potentially really big for New Orleans, but they're professionals. They're going to be wanting to try to get into the postseason, but as the a Saints, fan, it's going to be tough. They're just going to ruin every Saints fan's Sunday. The last Sunday of the regular season, the Saints fans, you know, um, come on, you the Saints, you know, they're not a playoff team. They're not going to get in the playoffs. <laughs> and when it, it finally happens, you, they're going to be sick. This feeling should have happened like three, four weeks ago. Which number one seed that has already clinched their buys is most likely to go to the Super Bowl, Baltimore or San Francisco? San Francisco. I don't think Baltimore's winning a playoff game at all. I think that their take their Lamar Jackson's not playing this week. He's going to have the bye. 
I think they'll be rusty. I think that Baltimore is going to lose their first playoff game to like a Kansas City or a Buffalo or something like that. I agree. I think it's San Francisco. I don't. I don't. I don't think Baltimore is the best team in the AFC. I know I'm a Lamar hater, y'all. I, I get it. I understand that, and I get it. He's had a really good year. Until I see that style work in the playoffs for them, I'm not going to be all the way bought in. I agree 100%. I think it's San Francisco. That's that's the most likely of the of the two there that get the buy. So, which leads me to this. Lamar's not playing. Brock Purdy's not playing. You have a week off next week. Is two weeks off too much? Yeah. Oftentimes, we see number one seed struggle to get that rhythm back. Would you be playing your guys this week at least maybe a half, couple quarters to try to stay sharp? I would. I'm, I wouldn't run the ball with them. And if, look, if you're running a pass play, it's not you have to throw it away. Or and play them a little bit. Looking at the, some of the weather forecasts, as we are now in January, it doesn't look like we're going to have any crazy weather games, though they do give a little bit of snow for Green Bay and Chicago. Everything else is pretty much just regular winter weather. It'll be cold, but it'll be sunny, so weather shouldn't be too much of a factor. They've got some Saturday games. Pittsburgh will be taking on the Ravens without Lamar Jackson. That's a Saturday game. And then we got a huge one in the AFC South tomorrow between the Texans and the Colts. So we'll see how that one shakes itself out. Of course, those will be the Monday night games because there is no Monday night football this week because the NFL doesn't want to make anybody have short rest going into the playoffs. But yet they have a Monday night football game in the playoffs and they don't seem to care about that. Yeah, Isn't that crazy how that works? Um the Chiefs are locked into their three, uh, three seed, have nothing to play for. They're not playing Patrick Mahomes. So what I'm getting at it by rattling all this stuff off is if you're betting on any of these games. Be careful. Yes, because a lot of the guys that you're expecting to see are guys that you may not actually see um, between the white lines on the field. Tampa's a four-and-a-half-point favorite against Carolina. New Orleans a three-point favorite against Atlanta. Um, the other underdog story, Seattle, a three-point favorite on the road against the Cardinals. And New Orleans also needs uh, the Bears, who are a three-point underdog at Lambeau Field. So not impossible, but also not likely. We want to thank everybody for listening today. We want to thank Coach Chandler Guitros and Coach Damian St. Pierre for their time. We'll be back Monday. We'll be talking about and previewing the national championship game. Hopefully talking about how LSU got the number one quarterback in the country because he makes his decision tomorrow. Um and we hope to have a good week of shows next week. You've been listening to Play by Play on KLEB. Have a wonderful weekend. We got the Sports Corner tomorrow from 10 to noon. God bless you guys. See you Monday. You're listening to KLEB, 1600 AM and K274 DE, 102.7 FM, Golden Meadow.